Good morning. Get out your hymn books this morning, number 89. Let's all stand, number 89, Mansion Over the Hilltop. I'm satisfied with just the cottage below, a little silver. A little gold, but in that city where the ransom will shine, I've got a gold one that silver line. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land. Never grow, and someday yonder we will never more wander, but walk the streets that are purest gold. Though often tempted, tormented, and tested, and like the and though I find here no permanent dwelling, I know he'll give me a mansion my own. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where never grow old, and someday yonder, we will never more wander, but walk the streets that are purest gold. Don't think me poor, deserted or lonely. I'm not discouraged, I'm heaven bound, I'm just a pilgrim in search of a city, I want a mansion, a harp and a crown, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old and someday on 
Heavenly Father, we thank You for the time we have in church. Lord, I pray that, God, You'll meet with us this morning. We desire Your presence. And, Lord, I pray You'd fill Your man of God with the power of God. Lord, we love You. We thank You for Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. You can be seated. Good to see everybody here uh, this morning. And uh, do we have any first-time visitors that you've never been to? I know we've got the Garners. They uh, came uh, to us uh, from New Manna Baptist Church just on a little getaway uh, this weekend. They came to visit, and uh, we're thankful for them. Uh, and then, of course, the Townsends are with us today uh, as special guests, and we're thankful for their uh, friendship and ministry. Do we have anybody other than these families that you've never visited Bible Baptist before. Would you raise your hand? Would you do that? And then, okay, good. So keep your hand up. We, uh, if you would, please. Thank you, young man. I appreciate that. We got some, we had a good day on our couple buses that we had. And uh, praise the Lord for that. Now, how many of you would agree that we need to do something about space? Amen. And, uh, and so we're on the works with that. And I'll give you an update maybe here in a few weeks. We've been meeting with some people. And God's surely been good. But meanwhile, I'm going to tell the church, keep your hand up if you didn't get a card. I like, uh, there you go. I'll, I'll write you and uh, thank you for coming and send you a little gift. Um, so we're not going to harass you, I promise. We're not going to do that to you. But uh, I'm going to, I've been meeting with uh, some folks that we had hired as a company to help us phase our building. Uh, as you know, we've got 20 acres currently and uh, what God has in store for our property and our our, uh, you know it's prime property, and of course uh, God has a plan for it, and so we're going to be wise about it, but uh, doing doing things that we can do. But uh, you just pray along with us as we freshen up our current building, uh, Fellowship Hall. Uh, when you come in Wednesday night, you're going to see stuff in the hallway uh, as we've been trying to paint. We're going to do the ceilings, paint them, and going to come in here and recarpet and new chairs and and all that. So. Uh, just bear with us the next couple months. If you have to see a ladder, or you see, we're going to try to put stuff away. But if you see things, it looks like we're under construction. That's because we are under construction, Amen. all right. And so I want to, you visitors and all, uh, just thank God for for that and in um, a growing church. And I'm thanking yes, God for that. Now, uh, let me just give you a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, the Valentine banquet is tomorrow night at 6:30, and today is of course the last day you can sign up. And uh, so make sure that you get your name on the list if you're coming to the Valentine Banquet. Uh, and that will be tomorrow evening at 6.30 in our fellowship hall. And, uh, and so that will be good. Then the youth outing, uh, outing at Thompson Chapel. We're going to go see, uh, I think Brother Brenton Carr is going to be preaching that night. And Mountain View uh, uh, Church is going to be singing. And so we're thankful for that. The senior dinner, February 25th. All this is in your bulletin. But the senior dinner at 4 o'clock, they'll be going to the uh, Green Tomato, I believe that is. And so uh, that'll be good. And then also, uh, Are United uh, Bible Baptist Church will be on the 26th. It's a Sunday night. We're going to present our RU ministry, kind of keep it in the spotlight, and uh, put some put some uh, uh, emphasis on it. So that'll be on uh, RU night. RU is a not just an addiction program. It's a discipleship program as well. And so a lot of folks, sometimes they... 
they don't they don't think, well, I don't need are you, but if it gets you closer to Jesus, then Amen. we all need it. Amen. And so I want to put a plug in for it. If you need more information about that, see me after the service or see Brother Peter Lynch and he would like to get connected. He's our RU director. And then also the ladies' fellowship meeting March the eleventh. This is the big meeting. All the ladies are invited, and we want to fill this auditorium up with ladies on that Saturday from 9.30 until noon. You're going to have a, a good lunch, and it'll be wonderful. And then we're going to have the Dixons are going to be singing and uh, have a couple speakers lined up as well that's going to encourage you and uplift you. And then also, I've got a little envelope in the back. Please grab one of these as you're going out the door. Next week we'll try to have them in the in the seats there for you. But it's called for my for the work of my church. We're going to have a special offering on March the fifth. That'll be March the fifth on Sunday. And I would like every individual to grab and do something. I had a businessman last night said, "If your church, I'll match what your church gives that day." Amen. So he said up to fifteen thousand dollars. But he said, if y'all can have a $15,000... Now, I believe we can do more than that. But it's going to help benefit the church. And he's going to match it. I say that's pretty good. So I don't encourage you to give. And uh, and I, I praise the Lord for that. God's doing some things. And so grab one of these. I don't care what it is. You ask the Lord what, what you could do. You say, preacher, what's this for? It's for these renovations and all the work. And that costs money. A lot of money. And so we're going to try to do our best for that. And that's for the work of my church. You love your church. It's, you know, visitors, you can get in on it. You don't have to be a member, but you members, let's let's step up to the plate and let's give because we love our church and we want to see and we love our Savior. Amen. Let's just see God do it. Now, if you if you want to know about tithing and offerings, uh, watch last Sunday night's video. I'm not not up here boasting on the preaching. What I'm saying is, last Sunday night I I preached on don't rob God, but a lot of folks. They, you know, when they when you preach something like that, they automatically think you're stealing out of God's bank account. But folks, that's not. I don't believe that's what that verse means. I believe that verse means you're robbing God of an opportunity to bless you. I just want to see our people blessed. It ain't that we're wanting to get rich and build our bank account. That's not what a church should do. I'm wanting to see God bless our people like He's never blessed them before. And so, folks, do that. Be faithful and uh, do that. And I just want to see our church and our, our people blessed. So uh, you can watch that at a latter time. And then, of course, we're starting up a new Sunday school class March the 5th as well. And Brother Tripp and Miss Tripp will be teaching our singles uh, and our college and careers. So we, we've been thankful for those that's come down and a blessing. So hope everybody got a visitor card. Fill that out and put that in the offering plate at, at the, when it comes by you and just stick that in there and we'll get better acquainted with you. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're here. What a blessing to see this church uh, filled for the glory of God. Amen. And uh, really is this blessing. So uh, we're going to uh, get with it. Brother Peter, you lead us in a song. Oh, 
thing that ever happened to you say amen. amen all right get out your hymn books one more time number 41 let's all stand number 41 there is a fountain there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and Beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. And sinners plunge beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoice to see that fountain in his day. And there may I go while as he wash all my sins away. sins away, wash all my sins away, and there may I go while as he wash all my sins away. Turn around and shake hands as the choir comes down.
Follow me in verse number three. Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no of God be saved to sin no more ere since by faith I saw the stream thy flowing wounds supply redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die, and shall be till I die, and shall be till I die. Redeeming love has been my theme, and shall be till I die. Now verse number five, you think the singing was good down here. Verse number five says, just wait till we get home, amen. Verse number five. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to sing. When this poor lisping, stammering tongue, silent in the grave, lie silent in the grave, lie silent in the grave, when this poor lisping, stammering tongue, lie silent in the if he would uh, pray over the offering and uh, be sure uh, last week the Faith Promise Missions was absolutely wonderful I appreciate those of you that stepped it up in our Faith Promise supporting these missionaries church planners and we're going to have a church planner to Boston next week and he's going to be with us uh, next he's starting a church in the Boston area and so, uh, you know, these, this is how this is God's plan to save America Amen. is starting New Testament yeah, churches. Right. And so we need to keep on our faith promise mission. So, uh, Brother Will, if you would pray for this, if you would. Father, we thank you for all the new ones here today, Lord. Amen. Thank Amen. you for the way you brought them here. And I pray you minister to them through the song and through the word that some of these spoke. Lord, we just give you the praise. Father, we thank you for doing all these things. We know, Lord, that you're working out a great work here at Life of Baptist. Lord, you've got great things in store for us. And, Lord, you're going to supply all our needs yes. according to whatever you see fit. And, Lord, we give you the praise for it. Thank you for this offering. Bless it and use it for your glory, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
excited to, today to have the Townsend family, and uh, they're going to Brother Joel. Okay, sure. Yeah, Amen. Brother Joel, uh, him and his uh, his uh, wife and son this week was in a bad wreck, and uh, they called me on Thursday morning and said they had hit a tree, slid off the road. It, it, the road was wet. They're on their way to take their son to school. Totaled their car. I mean, if you'd see the car, you'd see how anybody uh, would be shaken up. And uh, should have been, should have been honestly, should have been some deaths in that family. It, it was that bad. It totally demolished the car. But they all walked away from it, and uh, just just a few bumps and bruises. And they're here today to testify of the Lord's goodness. And you know we got so much to thank Him for. And uh, man, we seen a miracle. I seen a miracle on Thursday right before my eyes. I did, and I praise the Lord for it. We're we're uh, honored to have. Uh, Evangelist C.T. Townsend with us. They're close by. Uh, he said it took him 25 minutes to get to our church this morning, and uh, so they're 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 just like uh, we had Brother Brenton and we had uh, uh, we had Jared Dixon. If some of you remember back in so some of these folks are just commuting. Uh, when a lot of times they have to travel pretty good ways to a meeting, they were nearby. So I'm sure they appreciated that sleeping in their own bed last night and getting up and being normal for for a Sunday, and. Uh, and they fly out tomorrow, and they'll they'll be preaching. Uh, so, uh, the busy folks. But I'm glad they took time out of their schedule to be with us today. And uh, they're going to sing for us a few songs. Then I'm going to get Brother CT up here and preach to you. And uh, listen, I came in to get in. I didn't come to get out. And so uh, we don't we don't. You know, I know we got schedules as far as the bus children and stuff. But folks, listen. Let God speak to your heart today, and don't worry about anything else that's going on outside these four walls. And all your problems and stuff. Uh, listen, I know one that can take care of all that stuff. I do. He can. Every one of us today, if we walked in this building, we could all tell a burden or trial or something we're going through. Every one of us could. And if you if you can't, then I'd like to see what's going on in your life. I'd like to talk to you for a little bit after the service. Every one of us can, has has something that we carried in here: a trial, burden, heartache, financial difficulty, marriage. Some of you lost. And I'm telling you one thing, God can do something about all that. And I want you to give Him a chance today. I do. I want you to give Him a chance today. You've heard in these nine months, you've heard uh, I've brought in some dynamic preachers. In nine months, we've heard some of the best preaching in the world. But fun, it, listen, you can hear it, but it's up to you to do something about it. You can hear it. And so I want you to I want you to sit up and listen. They're going to minister to us in song for a little bit, and then of course they're going to do it. So y'all come on, and uh, I got some water up here too, and if y'all just need it for whatever reason, and then y'all come on. I'll get you. Thank you, sir. Well, it's good to be saved. Amen. Amen. I want to sing just, is this on? Turn me up just a little bit there, brother. How many of you glad that you don't have to go to hell? Ain't that good? That's what we're going to sing about. In sin I was living, no thought was I given of dying or where I would go. 
I was looking and buying, so hard was I trying to gain all this world had to own, but no peace and no pleasure could I even measure with all that I had to gain. So I repented and prayed, God saved me that day, now I have got something to say, I'm not going to hell, I met the Savior, what a story I tell, I'm saved and forgiven, set free, all is well, I'm not going to hell, no, I'm not going to hell. Now my life's worth living Since I've been forgiven Cause Christ made a real change in me And I'm no longer crying When I think about dying Cause heaven, it's waiting for me But now Satan's still lying And he's always trying to lead you Down the wrong way But just call on Christ's name He'll save you today and look back to Satan and say I'm not going to hell I met the Savior, what a story I tell I'm saved and forgiven, set free all is well I'm not going to hell No, I'm not Anybody glad that you don't have to go to hell this morning? Oh, I'm not going to hell I met the Savior, what a story I tell I'm saved and forgiven, set free all is well I'm not going to hell No, I'm not going to hell Oh, because I'm saved by His power divine Saved to new life sublime Life now is sweet and my joy complete For I'm saved and I'm not going to hell Amen 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 what a joy to know that we're not going to hell. Becky's daddy wrote a song that I want to sing. The preacher got up and said, How close to hell were you when Jesus found you? And her daddy went and got a pen and wrote a song called Just In Time. Listen to this song. Give me a little bit more microphone in the monitors if you can, sir. Have you ever wondered how close you were to the fire when Jesus rescued your soul? Were you years, were you days, or just a few moments? From running out of time and out of hope 
Just in time, just in time, aren't you glad he came in time and found you stumbling on the edge of eternal night? Do you ever wonder why he heard your final cry and reached out for you just in time think about this now next to jesus on a cross there was a thief with dying breath as he cried lord would you please just remember me and right now there's a man up in glory with a smile that won't erase shouting three words to every one he sees it was just in time just in time aren't you glad he came in time and found you stumbling on the edge of eternal night do you ever wonder why he heard your final cry and reached out for you just in time when the Savior reached down for me oh, he had to couple of years ago, probably two or three years ago now, Becky and I had the opportunity to get on a plane and go overseas and go to the Holy Land and view all of that. If you've never been, I'd encourage you to go. It was wonderful. Everything except the food. The food wasn't no good. They didn't have cheeseburgers or steaks, but it was good, all, all but that. And uh, if I find out that the marriage supper of the land is lamb is the kind of food they have over there, I'm going to be upset about it. Uh, what's that? Hummus. Oh, Lord. Jesus, pray, Lord. Anyhow, uh, we, we was dealing with all that, and uh, I'll never forget we saw all kinds of things, and I was so excited. We went to Galilee, and I got to, we got on a big boat and went out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and uh, really felt the Lord in a bunch of those places and got to see with our own eyes the Bible, the places you read about in the Bible. But I'll never forget on one of the final days I looked at Pastor and I said, where are we going today? He said, you're about to find out. I remember, I remember we got off that bus and started walking through this place. And I said, where are we? Where are we? He said, just pay attention. I remember all of a sudden I looked to my left and I seen a big wall. And on that big wall, there all of a sudden I seen um, a big hole in the wall. And I looked in that hole and I seen it. I ran, got closer towards it. And I remember there was a door there. 
And the sign on the door says, He is not here, for He is risen. And I can't tell you, I've heard about it my whole life. I've believed it my whole life, but there was something about seeing it to know the fact. And I went ahead and walked on in there just to make sure. And boy, I'm telling you, there wasn't nobody in there. The grave was empty. And I'm glad that as a New Testament born-again believer, we have the only religion in the entire world where our founder is alive and well. And I'm glad that Jesus is alive. I want you to listen to this song about that. It was the first day of his death Since he had taken his last breath Sorrow filled the air The birds stopped singing everywhere Nothing seemed the same The clouds began to weep the rain It was the second day in the tomb where he lay Satan smiled with glee He said I had the victory You said you'd come to save Oh but now you're in the grave thankful that the third day was different but very early that third morn before the dawn had come demons danced around chanting Satan you have won but God in all of his greatness stood up from the throne nodded to the angel to roll away the stone and as the sun began to rise he opened up his eyes the father turned and said my sons no longer dead and the angels filled the sky over heaven shout the demons cried as the king he walks out then sings my soul I your God to thee how great thou
I think I, I, I'm so glad that I serve a risen Savior. And we, uh, you know, we can meet in here today and worship a risen Savior and uh, not worried about what's, uh, you know, our, our God, if He's going to listen to our prayers or our God rub a rock or pray to a wall or yeah. <laughs> uh, rub some beads or uh, go light some candles. Not, not my Savior. He's alive. And uh, He's alive forevermore. And I thank God. By the way, He's coming back. He's coming back. And uh, I'm so glad that... Uh, uh, listen, I, if, if that didn't whet your appetite for some more, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be checking my appetite. You know, here last four or five months, I've, I've, uh, I've just not been feeling well. I just, you know, I've, I'm a pretty healthy person. I, I usually exercise and run. But I've not been myself the last three or four months in my appetite. I've not had much of an appetite for food, and I've not, uh, when I did eat, I'd get nausea and just just not feeling well, and I haven't felt well. And it may, somebody just said, yeah, well, you're pastoring. Welcome to the pastor. <laughs> That's real comforting. I hope it ain't that way the rest of my life. But no, I, I believe it was something uh, internal, something wrong. And I had, I've had to see uh, a nutritionist. I had to have to go make an appointment for a doctor and see a doctor and get in there and see what's wrong because when your appetite's not right, something's wrong. God created us with an appetite. Got an appetite. And something when you when you start no longer have the appetite for the things of God, something spiritually is wrong. And I tell you, if this does not do something for your appetite, the Bible says, "Blessed he is a hunger and thirsty for righteousness, for they shall be filled." You got a hunger and thirst after it. I pray this morning that you'll be hungry and thirsty for God, and uh, they're going they're going to come back, of course, this evening tonight and sing some more. And uh, boy, this place will be. It might look like this tonight. I know some folks that can't be here this morning are going to try to be here tonight. So I'd come, start up at six o'clock, going to sing a little bit more. We're not on a uh, so much as a time schedule like we are on Sunday mornings. Y'all understand that. But I, I, the most important thing that we can do in here today is uh, the preaching of God's word. And there's some of you that you know, again you're hanging on the balances. I've talked to you. I've, I've, there's a lot of you I've prayed for this morning. And, uh, and and just prayed for our, our church membership throughout the week, going through some of the seats about where you sit, and just thinking about we did yesterday morning our prayer breakfast, and about the same spot. Some of your creatures of habits you sit around the same area, so it's easy for me to go to that spot and pray for you. And you know, my prayer is that God will help you this morning, and 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 just help you in some areas. And so, uh, I want you to set up. And let's try not walking in and out if we if possibly can. Let's just emergency. Let's just set up and listen to the man of God as he preaches. Brother CT, I'm going to hand you this here. And I'm so honored that you came. And I'm going to turn it on. So it's already on for you. Thank you, buddy. Well, if you're glad to be saved, say amen. amen. I want to say it is my joy and my thrill to preach behind your pulpit, Brother Cox. And I'm thankful. Uh, for the opportunity, I remember when Brother Cox asked me to come, I said, Becky, you ain't never going to believe who asked me to come preach for them. And I thank God for Brother Cox and Miss Cox. We don't know each other really, really well, but I follow your Instagram a lot, and I feel like I know you all a lot better than what we do. I'm not a creeper or nothing like that. I'm just saying uh, thankful for you all and uh, thankful that in this life of being a Christian that God will put people along the way that share the same burden and the same heart. And I appreciate your preacher's heart for revival and to see God do something in this generation and see God doing something. I'm overly encouraged to see what I'm seeing this morning in this church and almost packed out this morning. 
And uh, good to see God doing something in these last days. I feel like for the last decade or more, everybody's been telling me that everything God has done is in the past and that God's not going to do anything in the future. And I'm watching before my eyes as, as God's people are getting hungry for God and hungry to do something for God. And I hope and pray today, this morning and tonight, um, I've learned that if you sit here and watch your watch and just you know say, well, let's go eat, which I'm hungry. I'm not going to preach long. Somebody say amen. Um, if you do that, you, you might not get nothing. But I've learned if you sit on your seat and say, God, speak to my heart today. God, speak to me today. I promise you, God will. And I can't tell you at the back door many times people say, Brother C.T., when you said this, it changed my life. And I said, Becky, did I say that? She said, I don't think you did. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit of God that speaks to us through the foolishness of preaching. And uh, I praise the Lord and I'm honored. I can't tell you how honored I am to be here today. And I hope and pray that God meets with us in a way that will change our lives. I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn it anywhere you want to. It's all good. It's all good. But if you want to be with me today, I want you to take your Bible and go to the book of Joshua, chapter number 2. Joshua chapter number 2 is where I'll be. When you get there, I'd invite you to stand to your feet in honor and reverence for the Word of God. Um, Joshua chapter number 2. Those of you that study your Bible know that Joshua chapter number 2 enters us into the subject of Rahab, the harlot. Joshua sending in the spies. She hid the spies. She entered into covenant with them. And when Jericho was to fall down, this woman and her family, all those that were in the house, were saved alive. How many of you remember this part of the story? Because of that scarlet thread that was on the window. And I believe there's much to discern, much to learn from, much to apply from this text. But I'm just going to give you a couple thoughts that I have on my heart this morning. I ask the Lord to let me be a blessing this morning. I don't, I'm not interested in the show. I'm not interested in just coming and seeing who all's here. We've got to hear from God today. And I've asked God to speak to us. And if you're, if you're a Christian and you know how to pray, I'd ask you to pray for me today that God could help us. Uh, look with me in verse number 9. Verse number 9. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the, the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. What you did unto the, the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Ong, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our heart did melt, neither did there remain any courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above, I need amen right here, and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my Father's house, and give me a true token, that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. The men answered her, Our life for yours. If ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land, that, they, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. She said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. 
The men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. Thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd help us now. As we dive into the Word of God, I pray, Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross. God, put away flesh, pride, and self, and anything that would hinder the Holy Ghost of God from moving in this place. And God, may the name of Jesus be exalted high in this place. Lord, there's not one person in this room that can fix anybody. It's through the power of the name of Jesus that anything will get done. And we ask you to do it now, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said. You may be seated. Read Joshua chapter number 2. We, we find the centerpiece of this text is a woman by the name of Rahab. Number one, Rahab was a mess. Everything about her life was a mess. Her career was a mess. Her life, her family, everything about her life was an utter turmoil and in an utter mess. By occupation, Rahab was a harlot she sold her body, lived on the streets, did all the things that were unthinkable. Rahab's life was a mess. As you read the text, probably if you look down your skinny nose at her and get judgmental, you'll think, well, she got and gets what she deserved. But may we all agree as we think about Rahab today that she probably as a child did not plan for things to be the way that they were. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'll tell you what I want to do with my life. I want to be a harlot. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know, I want to be a crackhead. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to be an alcoholic. Nobody he does that. that is, that's just the proof that many times life is very real and it is very hard and there are circumstances that come along with life that knock us sideways and push us into ways that we never thought we'd be. Matter of fact, I believe probably if we was to let people testify this morning, there would be people that are seated inside of this room that said, you know what preacher, I never thought that I would be where I am now. But life many times is unfair. Life is cruel. Life is hard and we deal with things that put us in circumstances that we never thought we would be. So we can all testify that we can agree with Rahab that many times life is so hard that we get put into a place that we never thought we'd be. Maybe, just maybe, in the midst of that mess, Rahab, under the stars one night, said, God, if you're real, could you please fix my life? Could you imagine the desperation as she's out in the middle? You, you know, you've been there, I've been there in the midst of unforeseen... Am I allowed to come down here? In the midst of unforeseen circumstances where she looks at the God of heaven and said, God, my life is a mess. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how to get out of here. God, could you please fix my mess? May I say that there's a God in heaven that hears those kind of cries. Not only do we find that Rahab 
Rahab had a mess, but I'm glad to report that Rahab had a miracle. Rahab had a miracle. What looked like a happenstance turned into be a miracle, a divine appointment as Joshua sent the spies into that land to spy the land out. And here the spies come. And where do they come? They come to the home of Rahab the harlot. And I find here as we study the life of Rahab and we study this miracle here, we find the biblical New Testament definition of Holy Ghost salvation that I believe is applicable and available to every single person that has ever took a single breath. The very first thing we see Rahab saying to these spies, she said, we heard what your God did to the spy. We heard what your God did. We've heard of your God. We heard how He did in Egypt and the Red Sea. We heard what He did to the king of the Amorites. And she talked about this word, heard. May I say I'm thankful that if you ever get saved, the very thing you'll trace it back to was the day and the hour when it was a preacher or a billboard or a gospel track of some genre that the Word of God penetrated your heart and you heard about your sinful state. You heard how lost you were, but you heard that there was a man named Jesus that died for you, that hung on the cross for you, and that rose from the grave and now lives and makes intercession for you and for me. May I say I thank God this morning for the day and the hour when I heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ought to take a time out this morning and run five laps around this building that we got to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many parts of the world have not heard, they have not seen, but God's let you be born in the Bible Belt where there's a church on every corner where the gospel is proclaimed. I'm thankful that I got to hear about Jesus one day. She heard, look, 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 number two, what she said. She said, when we heard, our heart melted. All of our courage was gone. All of our strength was gone. Our heart melted. I see their Holy Ghost conviction. I remember the day when not only did I hear, but the Holy Spirit melted my heart and dealt with my heart and drew me unto Himself. That melting of the heart. Oh my, my, my. I wonder if there's anybody here today that can remember a time and remember a moment when you were so lost but you heard the Gospel and you heard it inside the house of God and you tried to leave to get away from it. But when you got in the car, your heart was still melted. You went home trying to get away from it. But you found that when you was in your bed and at your house that your heart was still melted because the Holy Ghost is chasing after you and He's coming after you and the Holy Spirit has the ability to melt the hearts that are cold. They heard. She melted. May I say that I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit has the ability to melt the coldest of hearts. I don't care how lost they are. I don't care where they've been, what they've done. But the Lord has the ability to reach them and melt their heart. This past Friday, I was in Greensboro. Boy, I mean, I, it, was, it, it, it was a meeting where God was moving, but it was a different meeting. It was uh, slow going. I, I, I fought, uh, fought trouble in my own spirit about what to preach every night. And some nights I'd preach and there was just, spiritually speaking, great opposition. 
several of those men we went to fasting and we went to praying there was somebody in that church I, I, I felt like I, they were lost and they just would not move and they would grab that pew every single night and would not move and would not accept Christ and would not get saved and Friday night I got to preaching and boy the Lord let me preach and gave me liberty and the, you could sense the Holy Spirit started moving around that room and I watched back here that lady that was so cold and she was so hard I watched as those tears got to running down her eyes and I mean, I gave the invitation. I'll never forget. She fought it. I mean, she took steps forward to that altar. And when she moved, boy, you could. I mean, it was wonderful. As I recognized that it wasn't me, it wasn't my intellect, it wasn't my education, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that can reach down on the inside of a man's heart and melt that heart. That ought to help a mama this morning that's got a prodigal son somewhere to know that God can still reach your prodigal. That ought to do a wife really well to know that lost husband you have that God can still reach them or for a husband that's got a lost wife that God can still reach them or for a son or daughter that's got a lost mom and dad that God can still reach them and melt their heart. She heard. She melted. Watch this. She asked. She asked. She said, Can I enter in into this covenant? Will you say... She said, I've heard that there's coming a day when all this is going to be destroyed. Can I get into this plan of being saved when you come back? Amen. Amen. I've heard what your God is able to do. We've heard what's about to happen. I don't want to be on that side of the deal. I want to be on your side. She asked. May I say I'm thankful how simple salvation is. People try to complicate it and make it hard. But I'm thankful that when I hit my knees, I had heard my heart was melted. And I said, God, I don't want to be on the wrong team. I don't want to be on the wrong side. When this thing comes boiling down, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to be saved. And may I say that it is that simple. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. She heard. She melted. She asked. Watch this she received. They said this cord that you have let us down by, they said tied, bind it to the window and when we come back, everybody that's inside that house will be saved alive. Those that are under the banner of this blood-stained scarlet thread, that, that scarlet thread was, it was a pure red scarlet thread there that hung down from the window and they said whoever is in this house will be saved alive. That sounds like a miracle to me. Amen. I was in a meeting not too long ago and people started coming around and a, a, a charismatic uh, news group come and was doing videos of stuff. And they said, we don't understand. They said, where's all the healing lines? Where's all the miracles? And I thought for a second, I knew where they was going with that. I said, we don't really have no healing lines. I said, I ain't got no prayer cloths, but I can show you some miracles. Come on. I said, there's a miracle. And yeah. there's a miracle. I said, that man got saved two nights ago, and that woman got saved three nights ago, and that man got... Let me say that the greatest miracle in the entire world is how God can take... I feel preaching coming on me. How God can take a black heart, wash it in red blood, and it can come out as white as snow. I guarantee if some of y'all could go back in your mind to where God found you, and how lost you were, and how close to hell you were, and you think about where you are today, you're heaven bound with the hammer 
down, the Holy Spirit living on the inside. Hey, God deserves the glory and the praise this morning over the greatest miracle of salvation that you've ever seen. We find that she had a mess, but she had a miracle. But Rahab also had a message. She had a message. Now, if I'm wrong, y'all correct me. I'm a redneck. It, ain't, it don't hurt my feelings at all. But when I study my Bible, I find that Rahab was the very first Gentile to ever enter into the family of God. And when God chose, the law first mentioned, when God chose to bring a Gentile into the family of God, He did not go find somebody that had everything together. He did not go find a religious person. Religious people make me nervous. I don't even like many of them. But, but, but He did not go find a religious person that had their eyes dotted and their T's crossed, but rather when God went to do the law of first mention and bring a Gentile into the family of God, He did not go to the top, but He went to the bottom of the barrel and found an old harlot by the name of Rahab so that God could flex His muscles to show us that no matter who you are or where you've been or what you've done, that there is a fountain filled with blood uh, drawn from Emmanuel's veins uh, and sinners plunge beneath that flood and lose all their guilty stains. God has never met a sinner that He could not save. He's never met a drunk that was too drunk. He's never met a drug addict that was too addicted. He's never met a person that was too much of a mess. But the blood of Jesus is enough in this day and hour to reach in the gutters and save those that are lost. If Rahab was here, she'd say this. This would be a message number one. If God can save me, God can save anybody. If God can save me, God can save anybody. My grandfather was an alcoholic. His father was an alcoholic. My daddy was an alcoholic. My mama was a pothead. My whole family lost in sin right before I was born. My daddy got under Holy Ghost conviction. He got saved. A week later, my mama got saved. Nine months later, I was born into this world. I never knew what it was like to have a drunk daddy. I never knew what it was like to have a pot-smoking mama. All I've The only drug problem I've ever had was mom and daddy dragging me to church every single Sunday and I look back at the way things could have been as a testimony of what God did in a family today my daddy's a pastor I'm a preacher my brother's a preacher and if y'all let my mama preach she could do it better than most men I knew if God can save Rahab God can save you let me ask you a question this morning who is that person in your life that you have listened to the lies of the devil thinking that they're too far gone and that they'll never be saved? In every family, there's one where we think they're so far gone that they'll never be saved. I'll tell you about mine and then we'll go find some chicken. Amen. I... My, my, my father's family, my dad's dad were all alcoholics. Brothers and sisters a mess. Many of them got saved after my dad started preaching. But on my mama's side, it was a whole different story. Uh, many of them bootleggers of West Virginia just, just, y'all pray for me. Just a mess. 
My grandpa was a good man. Everybody loved him, but he's lost. And he got lung cancer and black lungs from working in the coal mines. And three or four months before he died, my father led him to the Lord. I always thought that God would eventually save my grandfather. But my grandma was a whole nother story. When I think about the meanest, most carnal, wicked person I've ever met, it's my grandma. Y'all, I'm telling you the truth. I believe the only reason Becky married me was because the first time I took Becky home to Thanksgiving, my grandma looked her up and down and said, if you break his heart, I'll break your legs. I said, that's right, Granny. That's right, girl. That's right, Granny. That's right. My grandma ran around on my grandfather. She, You ask her what she wanted to drink, she'd say whiskey. She's bingo playing, bar hopping, run around on my grandpa, lived her life a thousand miles away from the gospel. Mom and daddy would send us in like trained assassins Christmas and Easter begging them to come to church and where most grandparents would at least be kind about it. My grandmother would laugh at us and tell us we was part of a cult and that we wasn't having no fun and that we needed to forget about this God stuff and this church stuff and just get away from it. She was all her life just like that. I went through school, graduated high school, went off to Bible school and... uh Grandfather died and Grandma was living by herself in a little shack of a house up in West Virginia. She was getting older, much older. and uh, Mama called me one day. I was on my way back to West Virginia. She said, your Grandma has found out you coming to town and she wants to meet with you. Usually that meant cathead biscuits and chicken and sausage and... Gra- I'm talking about make your tongue beat your brains out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about no canned biscuits, Becky. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about real deal. I'm, some of you men help me right there. Amen. So I'm talking about real deal stuff. And I, I remember I pulled up in that driveway that day and expected to walk in uh, to all that food laid out. And this day, much things were much different. It was dark inside. The stove was cold. And I began to holler for Grandma. Grandma, where are you? Where you at, Granny? No response, no nothing. I hadn't seen her in almost a year. And I said, Granny, where are you? And I'll never forget, out the back corner of that house, I seen a little old cane, and I seen my grandma. Since I'd been gone, she'd had a stroke, and this whole side of her face was paralyzed. And usually when she'd see me, she would light up and smile real big and come hug me. And she tried her best to pick up her head and smile. This time she picked it up, tried to smile, and instantly she broke down and started weeping, which was a big deal because as long as I can remember, I never saw my grandma cry. Through my grandfather's funeral, she was stone cold. My mama said the whole time she grew up, she never knew what it was like for her mother to hold on to her and say, I love you. She was, she was stone cold, no emotion, none whatsoever. And I, now she's weeping. I think maybe she's got bad news from the doctor. I sat her down in that one little chair in her house. I said, Grandma, what's going on? And she just went to boohoo and cried. She finally got her composure. I said, Granny, you got to talk to me. She said, I've been thinking. She said, all your life, all you've ever tried to do is to get me to go to church and hear your daddy preach. 
She said, and I have been so rude and so mean. And I just want to tell you that I was sorry. That still small voice, I don't really care what y'all think about it, but that still small voice on the inside of my heart said, that ain't all she wants to talk about. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I said, Granny, that ain't all you need to talk about, is it? She said, no. I said, what's going on? Talk to me. She said, all of my life. She said, I've never thought for three straight seconds about heaven and hell. It's never bothered me. It's never worried me. She said, I've been able to cast it out of my mind. I've been able to get rid of it. She said, I've been in here listening to some of these preaching CDs of yours and listening to some of these singing CDs of yours. And, and she said, I, all, all of a sudden the other night I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. She said, and all I could think is if I die, I'm going to hell. She said, I can't get it out of my head. She said, I, I know I ain't got long to live. She said, I can't get it out of my mind that if I die, I'm going to hell. She said, and worse than that to me is, if I die and go to hell, I'll never see my family because I know y'all's going to heaven. She said, for three days, I can't eat. I can't sleep. I can't operate. All I can think about is if I die, I'm going to hell. She said, and I found out you was coming to town and I wanted to ask you one question. I said, Grandma, I'll answer the best of my ability. What's going on? She said, do you think that your God, after all these years, and after all the things I've done, and all the wicked things I've been a part of, do you think that your God could still save an old woman like me. Them hairs on the back of my neck stood up and I went into crusade mode. I'm talking about, listen to me, I ran to my truck, got my soul winner's New Testament, I whipped that thing around. She only had a third grade education. She couldn't read nor write. I, I whipped that thing around and I got the Romans Road out. I started Gatling gun preaching the Romans Road to my grandma and audience of one. I mean, I was hacking. I was sucking back trying to preach that stuff to my grandma. I got halfway to Rome and grandma started beating me on the back. She said, can we skip to the praying part? I said yes ma'am all my life I've been taught that a sinner don't know how to pray and that i got to help them pray and lead them in the sinner's prayer and I said grandma don't talk to me talk to God I said here's what I want you to say I said say dear God I'm a sinner and grandma wept out to God and said oh God in heaven have mercy on me a sinner I thought, where'd that come from? I didn't give her that. And she started calling out on God. I mean, she was praying. She was asking God to come into her heart. I heard my grandmother confess things that I wish I'd have never heard. And she called out to God and said, God, forgive me. And I'm telling you, inside of that little room, you could feel heaven come down there as every sin she had ever committed, every wish, I mean, all of it, son, was washed away by the blood of Jesus. The power of God! And and genuine salvation came to that household and saved my grandma. We didn't have Facebook back then. So we just rejoiced by ourselves. No Facebook live or nothing. We just enjoying the goodness of God. And I'll never forget after grandma got done crying. She said, ain't you preaching tonight? I said, yes ma'am. She said, what time are you coming to get me? 
I said, Mom, I said, we'll be by in such and such time. She said, now you know I ain't got no church clothes. I said, Grandma, you put on your best bingo outfit and it'll be alright. I said, somebody says something to you, I'll kick him in the teeth. I still feel that same way. I said, Grandma, you come on, honey. I'll never forget that night. There's about 500 people in that auditorium and Mama and Grandma come walking into that place. Grandma's looking at the ceilings. Her whole life she'd been told if she walked in church it's going to fall in. And she was she just looking everywhere. They were singing number 346 in the red book. My name is in the book of life. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Those people were rejoicing. They didn't know what had happened that day yet. And, and Grandma went to walk in and everybody knew I've been praying for Grandma to get saved. And when they saw her come in, everybody... <gasps> Grandma sat on the second row. And she was looking, staring... And I'll never forget, she started, she caught my attention. She went. I'm like, is she worshiping? Is she trying to get what what is this? And she's doing that. And I, I, I said, Y'all shake hands for a minute. And I went down there and I said, Grant, she said, I was trying to get your attention. I said, I realized that, ma'am. Well, what do you want? She sat up straight like this. She said, I want to say something. I said, like, like to, to everybody? She said, yeah. <sighs> Ain't no telling what she say. There's a good chance this was all a fake and she was trying to get back at one of her bingo people and get money. And there ain't no telling what Grandma would say in that place. I said, Grandma, practice it in my ear. Tell me what you want to say. And she went to crying again. She said, I told you today that I'm awful embarrassed of the person I've been. She said, and I thought it'd be a real good start. Mr. Piano Player, I'm done. You can get over there. He said, I, she said, I thought it'd be a real good start to tell all these people that God came to my house today. Amen. She said, I want to tell these people that who I was ain't who I am no more. We grabbed that microphone and one of the sweetest pictures in my office is my grandma ain't been saved 12 hours yet. Both hands in the air telling 500 people that God came to her house and that who she was ain't who she is no more. That was May. The end of July, I was in Traveler's Rest in a sleep-in hotel, got done preaching a meeting. Woke up 6 o'clock in the morning. Mama called me and said, Son, I want to tell you that your grandma went to sleep last night and she never woke up. First I was sad, but then I couldn't th- help but think about the miracle of salvation. Amen. Of how God, just in time, sovereignty, gave my grandma one more opportunity to be saved. Joshua told that girl, said, there is a destruction that's coming. She said, can my mama get in? Can my daddy get in? They said this, whoever you can get in the house under that blood-stained banner will be saved alive when we come back. My question to you is, all we really have is God and each other. What's heaven going to be like without your daddy or your mama or your kids? Oh, that God would give us a burden again to see our lost loved ones saved. To say, God, there's not long left. 
before you come back, would you save my father? Would you save my mother, my brothers and my sisters? And all that they have. I come to encourage somebody this morning that God still can. I don't know how y'all usually do things. we got a few minutes left. I want us to stand to our feet, head bowed and eyes closed. I wonder how many of you across this church right now would say, Brother C.T., I have a lost loved one, a co-worker. While you was preaching, a face flashed before my eyes of somebody that needs to be saved. Hands all over the room. Here's what I want to do. All those that will, you raise the hand. I want you to come get around this altar and bring them to Jesus. And say, Lord, before you come back, before they die, God, would you give them one last opportunity? God, please save my mama. Please save my daddy. Please save my brother, my sister, my aunt, my uncle. God, please don't let my family go to hell. As they play softly. Let's do business with God. You have not because you ask not. Oh, that God. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. wonder if anybody in here this morning would say, Preacher, seemed like that preacher was speaking about me, talking about me. I'm not sure I'm saved. Listen, I, I want to tell you this morning, don't leave this property this morning and you yourself not know for sure that you're going to be in heaven. I looked at Alvin. Alvin's out here last week. Alvin walked the aisle and he got saved. I see tears running down his face this morning. I don't want you to leave here this morning lost on your way to hell. You don't know if there's going to be a car out here going to hit you head on. You don't know if you're going to die of a stroke or a heart attack or the way this world is crazy. You don't know if it's going to be your last time on this earth due to somebody's vile behavior. My friend, you need to get it settled today. Don't leave this property today without being sure you're saved. Is there anybody here this morning that say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I'd like to speak to somebody about it. Would you raise your hand, just slip it up and back down. Somebody, just raise your hand, anybody at all. Say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure that if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to talk to somebody about it. Anybody like that at all? My second question is, Preacher, something in the message spoke to my heart. Maybe I've not been a witness like I should be. Maybe I've not been obedient to some of the things of the, uh, of the Word of God, some of the things that the Spirit of God's been teaching me, and I, I want to be more obedient. Would you raise your hand? Yeah, I see that. Hey, if God's dealing with you this morning about something, won't you come? Hey, it's what this altar's for. Won't you come? Won't you come? Some of you struggle with things. We all struggle with things. Ain't none of us better than anybody in here. Won't you come? Won't you come?